yeah i mean like that's yeah that's it it's kind of like one of the things you're talking about as well just thinking back on it like in the western world how everybody tries um to do everything on their own like be an individual trying to create their own legacy under their name and it's like or like being self-made like there's no such thing as self-made no. <laughs> like somebody had to support you for you to be made it takes a lot like, of peanuts you know. to make peanut butter bro if you know what i'm I saying know. <laughs> oh, i like that it's so good i am so pumped to sit down and talk to my good buddy van today in today's episode of couple of lattes my name is jacques i'm your host and welcome to another episode if you're new here uh, and you enjoy this episode please subscribe and please leave a five-star rating if you enjoy it. Every rating we get on podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening uh, helps us get recognized by more listeners and hopefully reach more people. So if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating. Uh, so today Van and I sit down and we talk about going bald. Uh, what that really is the metaphor for overcoming insecurity. Uh, I think insecurity is something that we all face in life over and over and over again. And the points that Van and I cover today, although we get a little bit uh, off track at times, all of it is in some way relevant to uh, overcoming insecurity. Um, so bear with us, listen to everything, write down the nuances that we talk about, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you have someone out there who you think will really benefit from this podcast, please share it. Thanks guys, and enjoy this episode from Couple of Lattes. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, time for a quick break. Alright, and we're back. That was a bit hectic, and then going into lockdown was great because it was a rest. And, um, my girlfriend's very, uh, She's a very proactive woman. And um, whereas like after that move, I was just like, I just want to chill. She was like, oh, we should go and plan stuff. We should go. I was like, this is what I signed up for. Yeah, <laughs> I guess she's kind of like. But she, she means well. She means so well. And yeah. she's always keen to do stuff. And she's always looking to learn and all that, which is amazing to be around all the time. Um, and yeah. in, a, in a way, she's kind of like your accountability partner, really, if you're kind of feeling like, you want to slow down she's like no pick up pick up <laughs> yeah and like you know what like she's not even a control freak about it she makes it fun and you're just like don't be a party pooper man <laughs> if you complain about this and you say no it's because you're a party pooper there is, there is no bad about this and she's not trying to control it <laughs> so i was like yeah um so like like i know people would find her annoying sometimes because she's just the go-getter all the time ah oh, man um, I, sometimes yeah. yeah any of those people you'll you'll have people that find them annoying i think a lot of the time because they're kind of uh a bit insecure that they can't have that kind of energy all the time you know i was, I was having a chat energy. i was having a, a chat with jesse i don't know if you heard the podcast i did with her and I remember when, yeah. like, when I first met Jesse, I was like, man, this chick is awesome. But then I was yeah. like, man, she's got like almost too much energy for me to handle right now. Like she's such a yeah. go-getter, such a go-getter. And it took me a little while to, to kind of just accept that whenever I felt like she was annoying me, it was just the fact that 
she I was jealous that she had that much energy and I had this much energy mm-hmm. you know so I I made yeah. an effort to catch up instead of fall back yeah and I think about it as well in terms of like I guess frequencies right like yeah it's kind of like when people are vibrating at a higher frequency mm. you think you completely don't connect with them because you are not in that you're not vibing with them mm. um and like it's hard like because I was just like Okay, so I just have to change my mind. Mm. Um, like, if you think about, um, I guess, vibrations in people, I guess, like, you can see how people breathe, you can see how people move, how mm. people pay attention. And, like, if you, like, who was it? Um, Tony Robbins talks about it all the time. Like, if you want to change your state, you can change the way your body, like, is, um, you know, exactly what it's like when a person is depressed. Also, breathing as well, it's very shallow if you're depressed. So if you want to change your state, you can do it with your physicality. And like you see somebody like Jesse, like Jesse is just like a million miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Like literally, your body's like, I need to sweat. Yeah. Because like your like, your brain is like, I want to do stuff. You know? Yeah, and she does sweat more than almost anyone I've ever met. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey Jesse, if you're listening though, we we love you. That's why we're talking about you. Yeah. Salty. <laughs> Salty. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting you mentioned uh, about Tony Robbins, the change of state. And I think what you're talking about is when he talks about your biology, like, for example, if you stand with your shoulders back, yeah. it increases your yeah. testosterone levels by up to 20%. It doesn't matter if you're female or male. And that no. gives you, that, like you say, increases your vibrations, which is, I think, a great way yeah. to put it, and puts you in that yeah. better state of mind. I think that's, yeah. um, that's why a lot of my good friends, like yourself included, are personal trainers, people in fitness, because I find that people who are fit and healthy, they're just naturally more motivated because they're always trying to change their state um, biologically so that they've got more energy, that they can approach tasks with more vigor. Another good friend of mine, Chris, Mm -hmm. actually, he runs his own, um, I guess you could call it fitness community called Life Hub. It was who Jesse was working Mm -hmm. with actually when she was here in Melbourne. And his energy levels, man, like, he's on another kind of Zen level. Like he's almost like Buddhist monk, like calm and collected, but you can feel his energy. You know, whenever he's in the room, it's like, Oh yeah, Chris is here. You know? Awesome. I love that. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. eh? It's uh, it's one of the things that like every time I've got like a party maybe and I know Jesse comes along Mm. and it just like, I like, this is one of the things that I love to do. Like Jesse's one of my favorite friends to do that with, to do this with, but like, whenever I put a group of people in a room, they're all like connected through me. Uh, like I'm connected to all of them. And then we just put them in there. It's just like, this will be interesting. <laughs> I'm not even going to, I'm just like, I'm not even going to introduce you guys. I just want to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> because, like I'm on the other side of the room. I was like, should I go over there and introduce them? No, let's just see what happens. And yeah. it's so cool. Or it can be really horrible. Yeah. But most of the time it's really good. Yeah. I guess when it, when it um, is, horrible in a way it's it's kind of a good thing sometimes if you meet people and you don't vibe on the same level then man it's like you say with that guy you used to live with just go your different directions absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and it's like it's also one of those things too right it's um understanding that everybody has their own stage in life like you know everyone goes through certain things mm. and um and some people don't want to get out of their funk um because they're i guess Oh, I was just listening to this really cool thing today with um, Sam Harris. 
Oh, he's amazing. Um, you know Sam Harris? Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was listening to him about um, uh, James Clear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right yeah, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Yep, yep. Yeah. I've read it. Um, it's so good. Yeah. And um like and also I was listening to Tom Ferris, like Tom Ferris when he was actually interviewing um Sam Harris as well. And um let me just think for a second. Maybe they both So one of the things is that like like with habits, like everything that you you get um, you, you form a habit and it becomes an addiction. Sometimes people can get addicted to anxiety as well, right? Yeah. Like as soon as things calm down, they um they look for something to be anxious about. Yeah, man. There's a lot of people like yeah, that. And, yeah, and it, it becomes an addiction and like people don't realize it until they actually, um, you know, identify what habits are. And mm. yeah, that, that podcast is amazing. Like, you have to link it to me when uh, we're done, bro. Yeah, I will. I'll send it to you. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's really cool because you know, like, I think for a lot of the things that I've done, because I'm a like, this is my excuse. Um, <laughs> uh, as a creative, is that I always have so many ideas, and it's always this um, this this middle this middle that's really like sucky. I mean, one of the you know, and it's like in the beginning, it's like oh, cool idea, cool idea, and then going into that thing of just doing the work and it's just like you start to have all those doubts and it becomes a big part of it mm. yeah so i guess the 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 things is that like the habits that you have developed usually um again like usually create that um create those barriers yeah you have like these great ideas and i think everyone does and they have these um objectives and um yeah. I guess goals that they want to meet and then when they actually start doing it that's when the doubts start flooding in and if you've built habits yeah. uh, that just feed those doubts that allow you to yeah. keep worrying and keep building that anxiety then you're just never going to get to the end game whereas if you yeah. change those habits and create systems which basically ensure that you don't fall prey to your anxiety and your doubts then the opposite yeah. occurs and I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with like creating habits because they read a book like Atomic Habits, which is unbelievable. Definitely one of my top five reads. Um, yeah. But then they get overwhelmed with the end game. Like, oh, I want to be like Michael Jordan or I want to be like JK yeah. Rowling or I want to be, and they get caught up in all these like amazing people who have worked for sometimes 10 or 20 years to get to where they are. Yeah. And they think, all right, tomorrow mm. I'm going to wake up at 4am and I'm going to go for a 10k run. And then I'm going to spend two hours in the gym and then I'm going to write a book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just overwhelm yeah. themselves. And then day one comes Absolutely. along, they sleep in, and straight away they're back into the negative patterns. So that's where I think yeah. with those habits, people should get more acquainted with the tiny, tiny little changes. Like, I don't know, maybe you want to start running and make it a regular thing. Just put your yeah. shoes on day one. Like, don't even do anything else. Just put your shoes on. Like, yeah, that's that, it. That's a... And then maybe do that yeah. for a week. And then if... You've got used to putting your shoes on. Open the door in week two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it yeah. really has to be that small. Yeah. So in this, so in this, um, in this, I guess, um, in this podcast that they have, and Sam Harris and James Clear is, they talk about how, you know, when you set the goals, it becomes such a, 
I guess it, it becomes so overwhelming really quickly because you think about all the responsibilities you have to do with it. Mm. But um, if you think about your habits and how, like, yeah, like what you just said before is like you need to identify what they are and so that you you know and understand that if they do come along and actually um, become they do become a boundary mm. or like a limitation mm. to what you believe. But um, yeah, it's nothing to do with the goal usually. It's yeah, it's usually mm. to do with your habit. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. I love that podcast. It's amazing. Yeah, dude, definitely um, link it to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely link it to you. But uh, yeah, I think we could talk about this for a whole entire podcast. <laughs> I think yeah, I think yeah. when we start talking, we could probably record five podcasts in a row, bro. <laughs> yeah. But, but before we get too lost and before listeners get too yeah. bored and before they kind of wonder who is this fan guy and what are we actually talking about in terms of going bald and overcoming in- insecurities? Because that's what the title is going to be. So they're going to be wondering when we're actually going to start yeah. talking about it. And so you can press record now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get started, like I obviously we know each other and we've had a pretty extensive history together now. Like how long have we been friends? Probably seven ish years. Yeah, I reckon. But for any maybe anyone who, longer, yeah, maybe. How? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably about eight years actually, because I think I was around twenty-two when I met you. Ah. Uh, yeah. True. Shit, it's been it's a while. Sad. Yeah. Oh, how we've changed from getting straw, straw stuffed MDMA <laughs> at oh, festivals man. to there. Yeah. Do you remember the fly inside your straw? Yeah. I said, oh, just have some tequila. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, let's introduce Van to the world. Who are you, bro? Tell us uh, about. I guess we're like how you grew up. Uh, what you work towards becoming, some of the difficulties you face, and maybe we can segue into your decision to shave all your hair off. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, this would be a whole podcast in itself. Well, I let's, let's, I, um, let's, let's keep it to the, <laughs> the shorter um, version. Yeah, I guess I'm originally from the Philippines. I came to New Zealand when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I guess, yeah, I decided, you know, it was, it was one of probably the most challenging moves from coming from a, from a third world country and then coming to the first world. Actually, yeah. how old were you when you came over? I've never... Really I was asked. eight years old. Mm. I was eight. Yeah. And um, so that initial change of actual scenery and the way to live and also communication, you know, mm. um, although I spoke Filipino, uh, although I spoke English because English is a second language in um, the Philippines. Mm. Um, yeah, it's part of the curriculum. It's like, yeah, I was I was good with that, but then the culture was so different. Going from a place where family was everything, like in terms of like you didn't want to miss a weekend with your family, whereas mm. like in New Zealand, it was like you couldn't at that age you couldn't wait to get away from your parents so you can go hang out with your friends. Which you which know? do you and think it, is a this is interesting to hear actually because I've never really had that kind of strong family tie which do you think is better or do you think it's it's good to have a, a bit of a balance of both um you know like it's i think i guess i guess it all depends on um on i guess the family situation like because everyone has a, a different different family but i guess in the philippines it's um like 
your best friends are your cousins mm. and you see them every weekend. I have, I have friends who have been offered jobs to go and work in Canada, like, because they're really good at what they do. But they said, I'll rather work from the Philippines because I don't want to miss out on all the family events mm. because it's everything. Like you don't like FOMO, like FOMO is the biggest thing when it comes to family because it's not even just about family it's about the food it's about <laughs> celebrating you know it's about celebrating um each person's stage in life and you know who was there to support and who was there um yeah it was yeah so my mom is the youngest of 16 yeah. right wow yeah 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 bro wow like absolutely and when i went back I suddenly had about 20-something nieces and nephews. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. all their names? I had, like, I've got a notebook. I've actually got a notebook. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the coolest things I learned from personal training was my manager used to tell me, it's like you have, like, your goal is to meet five different people every single shift. Mm. I got to know the whole gym, right? Because I would go... Um, Tom with a gangly knee because he always called it oh my gangly knee's playing up today mm. so Tom with a gangly knee I'd put that in a book Yeah, you know or um, Dale um, who was always talking to Larry and well you know yeah that's, um, a, that's a good way of remembering names actually associating it with uh, yeah associating so with I did that with all my yeah I did that with my nieces and nephews and um, yeah like before the end of it I like on the on the plane on the ride home I like I started tearing up like I was crying because like I'd look at all these names and I'd look at all the photos going back mm. and it's like oh like this this dude beside me this old dude beside me it's like oh are you okay it's like oh, I'm just happy my family's just massive and then yeah. I come back here and it's like every man for himself you know mm. so that was um like everyone's trying to succeed on their own whereas over there like dude like you could have I, if like if I was over there I could get my whole family to follow me and then mm. share my page every single time and I'd already have like 2,000 followers <laughs> do you think you know like do you think easily like but they're not they're not very like they're not so inclined to social media yeah um they're not as much because like some of them can't afford it but um I guess just, it... by the way yeah no you go you go yeah by the way like 20 nieces and nephews that were just the ones from like my aunties that are still in New Zealand I uh, sorry they were still in the Philippines the rest of them are all over the world <laughs> I have free accommodation throughout the world Israel to Germany to America like that's unbelievable yeah. actually but, um, you're not yeah, the f- so I, uh, I guess, what's that you're not the first um, person I met from the Philippines who's told me about the the extensive families the huge families over there so yeah. I mean it's yeah, I, th- I think it's incredible. And I, get, I guess I've got two questions for you from that. Do you th- The first one is, do you think that having that kind of experience growing up, because you're the kind of person when I met you, you treat your friends like family, right? And anyone who, who upsets your family or anyone who, uh, or anyone who is your family, you, you treat as such, right? So do you think that you carried that through with you to New Zealand? And also, do you think that being able to do that because I view you as a pretty successful human being. Do you think that by by being able to do that, they kind of carry over that mindset of uh, building a family and collaborating with people, you've been able to attain that kind of success? Because I find 
in Western countries, especially this kind of every man for himself, sometimes you get people who, who get really successful, but depends what you define success as. Like they might make a lot of money and have a lot of businesses, but they're not really happy at all. Whereas the people yeah. who really do well, um, and I see this a lot in fitness, for example, on it in the States or life hub here or yourself with Les Mills is they collaborate and they really push each other up. So everyone's getting to the top rather than one person at the top with a bunch of rubble beside him. So I guess the questions, cause I've blabbed on a bit is, do you, oh, I got it. yeah, I got it. you got it. I got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, above everything, like, in terms of success, the most, uh, the thing that I, how I define success is relationships. Mm, Like, relationships is all of it, right? So, that includes not just the success of reaching your goals, but the fulfillment of it is within your relationships. Mm. And, like, for me, like, I could honestly say that all my clients, and, like, even my friends, they're my family mm. like and i think i believe the the strength and the relationships that i have is so strong that um like although i have a responsibility to provide them something like i know i'm going to be okay because i've created these strong bonds mm. and that's what i that's what i call a success at, like in terms of that like i guess because of that um that is the reason why I, like I feel like I've succeeded in all my life like like in a lot of the things because I can literally like see somebody I haven't trained for a long time and I'll just welcome them with open arms mm. and it's because of the, the things the genuine things like understanding and giving them that space to actually um, like in personal training it's not even about programs mm. it's about relationships mm. like you can't get somebody to do anything that that's gonna be healthy for them at least they trust you mm. and that all comes down to um yeah it all comes down to that just being authentic and being caring and being um being real about how you want to help them because mm. it's um yeah from then on like you can make them do backflips even if they can't like they could break their neck but you know what they trust you now mm. <laughs> but um <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen but like abs- yeah, but absolutely, man. It's it's that's that's what I what's, that's what I treasure the most. Mm. Like I'll be remembered if I don't. I would be happier right now because of all the relationships, and I'll be remembered by those people. Like nothing is forever, but um, like at least I know that I've helped them in some way, and they can remember that. Mm. I want them to cry because of that, not because I'm not here anymore. Mm. You know, um, that's 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 how I would love to leave my legacy. I guess. I mean. Mm. I'm not infatuated with it because I love every single minute and every second of my life now, you know, mm. um, that includes the good and the bad, but it's all to do because of the relationships. Um, and also I treasure, I treasure, um, to all the different types of people, um, within personal training and within my friendships and, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the greatest. Yeah. It's yeah. And so like the good and the bad, and my ability to, I guess, communicate with people like my oldest client is ninety six. That's amazing. And then my youngest is is seven. Mm. Yeah, is seven years old, right? And so I have to learn how to play like a kid, mm. or I have to learn to play like a kid and remind the ninety six year old what it's like to play around mm, that's and beautiful. not to be so scared about certain things. Um, I have people who are in their 60s or their 50s 
like who forgot how to have fun, mm. who saw fitness as you know, as a um, as a chore, or like they used to work in a farm, so moving or flipping tires wasn't you know exactly that great. It was like <laughs> lifting hay bales, and but I was just like, okay, let's make it fun, you know. Let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Um, but that's it. It was just like trying to understand each person. So yeah, I would say, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, so. it really is relationships. Yeah, I think it, the takeaways from that is coming from your background in the Philippines with those strong family ties, you value contribution to your friends and your family in New Zealand and you value collaboration and, and building those relationships and building that trust amongst individuals. You've kind of created a team of high achievers, which gives you that happiness and success, yeah. which I know is as that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, that's, yeah, that's it. It's kind of like one of the things you're talking about as well, just thinking back on it. Like, in the Western world, how everybody tries um, to do everything on their own, like, be an individual, trying to create their own legacy under their name. And it's like, or like being self-made. Like, there's mm. no such thing as self-made. No. <laughs> like, somebody had to support you for you to be made. It takes a like, lot of peanuts know. to make peanut butter, bro. If you know what I'm hey, saying. No. <laughs> Oh, I like that. It's so good. You're writing that um, down. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I love like it's yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah, let's let's seek. Yeah, let's segue over because I think I think people kind of get an idea of who you were. You came from the Philippines, and you kind of worked your way into a, a I would say a pretty successful um, personal brand as a personal trainer. I mean, you yeah. you were PT of the year with Les Mills for. A, yeah, I did um, quite a few years ago, and like, well, you know, it's like actually connected to what we were talking about before, mm. and it's um it becomes a um a vote from the um the management, which is really cool. That means I haven't pissed any of my bosses off. <laughs> um, yeah, um, at that time, I guess. Um, and then, and then, like, also the people in the gym. Like, my goal, like, you know, I was given a goal by my manager to go and meet five people every day. Like, I literally, like, would say hello to every single person that walked through the door, mm. whether they were my client or not. Because at one point or another, I got to know who they were. So they became the voters as well. Mm. And I was just like, Oh yeah, I can see how I won. <laughs> I was like, this because I just know everyone and they know me. Like, yeah. where there are some people that that I work with, just you know, only look, took care of their own people. Mm. Um, but like at the same time, it was just, um, yeah, I guess yeah, that's how I won as well, and just how caring I was with everyone. So that was cool. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't seem yeah, to yeah. like. I think I remember when you got it, like. I remember being like, man, that's that's massive. That's such a big deal. But when I'm talking to you now, it, like it's still an achievement. But I feel like for you, the achievement was more just getting to turn up every day and meet people yeah. and do your job. Like I don't really sense yeah. that that winning the award was the big thing for you. It was the I guess it was a little bit of validation that you're doing what you want to do. Yeah, one of my coolest. I think one of the coolest things that I I loved about my job was when there was a grumpy dude. Mm. inside the gym and I would be like I'm going to get through to them 
Yes. Like, I want to get to know that guy. I want to know why he's pissed off. <laughs> like, yeah. And usually it's something because, like, they're just too scared, too shy, too shy to, mm. to you know. You know, everybody shows different ways. And before you know it, they turn into this little kid that just, you know, starts playing tricks on you. I'm just like, I wish I didn't get to know you now. <laughs> I wish I didn't crack that open. You're like the most annoying person now, in a good way, of course. <laughs> I think. Like, oh. I think, you touched, Come on. <laughs> I think you touched on something there, which I think we can kind of segue again back to the topic because um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to drift off again. Yeah, we'll get there. But the fact that like, I think a lot of people see like angry people or frustrated people or sad people or, you know, people who are shy and don't want to talk to you and they kind of misjudge those people as thinking, oh, they're just an angry bastard or they're just, you know they just hate the world. But I think a lot of the time it's, it is actually a lot to do with their own insecurities. And I think this is something that no matter how successful you are, whether you're Tony Robbins or whether you're Oprah Winfrey, like everyone always has insecurities and everyone has those emotions like anxiety and um, frustration and fear that kind of come in and out of your mind every now and again. And I don't think you're any different. I don't think I'm any different. And I guess the topic today titled, going bald and overcoming insecurity one i can relate to you on this because uh i already told you last time but i take medication to stop my hairline receding and the thing that i'm actually insecure about is telling people that i take medication for it but i think for you it was the fact that you were you know receding and your insecurity was shaving your hair because i guess you placed your identity in having hair absolutely Is, is that kind of on the money yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I guess yeah, you like going back to that. I guess what you said in the beginning is um, with the insecurity that I felt with it was based on not just the fact that I was a personal trainer, but um, oh wait, first of all, being a personal trainer, having nice hair and all that is fully connected to being a healthy person, you know. That's and right. I had like amazing hair. I looked like a lion. You, you remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like good you could, I could hide, you know, a bazooka in there. Like Simba. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was that's kind of one of the things about being a personal trainer is having, you know, healthy hair. Um, like, you're groomed to, to the max as a PT. And, it's, um, it's very aesthetic, isn't it? Do you think, do you think that... It's very aesthetic, yeah. Do you think that and culture that, kind of fed that insecurity or...? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's you know when you work like you don't wear a suit, but you um, you wear like your active wear. You, <laughs> I guess you are the suit. You are the suit. Yeah, you your know? personality. Yeah. yeah, the personality is within your hair and um, whatever shoes you're wearing. Otherwise, yeah, well. And um, also, I'm a musician. Like I'm a musician as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in a rock band. Yeah. And rock bands have like especially the lead singer has long hair. <laughs> Right, um, and then we ended up uh, moving towards being an '80s band, which mm. was even more about hair. Mm. Uh, like we listened to like Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, and it was all these guys are hair metal man. Yeah, and so when we performed, my hair was all over the show. Like literally, I couldn't see sometimes, you know. Mm. And so I like really, I connected like that was that was me. Like that was my hair was a big part of who I was, mm. um, and. As I was going bald, um, 
I like I started to lose a little bit of my confidence and like if you ask anybody around me like on a regular they didn't notice that it was going mm. but I noticed yeah you know and I would see it like just from the front here mm. it was actually very small but I knew it was going and I was like Ooh, I'm going forward so yeah I would create my hairstyle in a certain way to hide it mm. um, I'd position it in some way or I'd wear a hat and I just have a little bit of hair coming up the front or I tease it completely. Mm. Yeah. And then like, it was just a big mop and you couldn't see where it started and where it ended. Um, <laughs> it was a big mop. Um, but everyone was like, Oh cool. Yeah. It's just like, soon as I went into the water though. Yeah. And the water fully mm. like, you know, puts it back. You can see where it starts and where it finishes. And mm. it was, um, yeah. I'd, honestly just shake my hair straight away mm. as soon as they get up just to hide it mm. um and then as time went on it got worse and worse and like i never understood until i shaved it off of course mm. but i never understood how much attention i put towards it mm. like literally this is what i told you last time like the position of my head oh my neck I had to position it in a certain way so it looked like I was actually like I had here, especially yeah. in photos. Before you know, I was like, why is my chin like right up next to my nose? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to hide where it begins, right? <laughs> and then it's like, bro, what are you like? It's like, oh, this, not, not like, usually it's just like take a photo, but I was like, I'm becoming an Instagram influencer. <laughs> I'm trying to get the perfect shot, but really I'm just trying to hide my like, yeah. my receding hairline. And like, I was like, oh, this sucks. So I went, my barber, one of my really good friends, Leon, mm. like, I would ask him, I was like, bro, how can I get through this? Like, how, like, you've been in the industry all your life, like, how can I get my hair back? And he's just like, ah, man, no, you can't. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, no, is it in your family? Yes. Wait, I think so. Yeah. And he was like, then you can't get it back unless, and then there's the unless part, right? Mm. You can take drugs. And he says, like, you know, he's in the industry. He's like, it's highly not going to work and you're probably going to become impotent. <laughs> you know, all these different things because, like, he's had so many clients. You know, he's been in the industry for 20, 30 years and he's just like, yeah, this is like, it's nothing is promised to you, but you're here. Mm. And there's always give and take when it comes to taking medication as well. Mm. And um, all for the cost of me being so insecure about my hair, I didn't want to go down that path. I didn't want to, like, because I know, like, I'm in the fitness industry, so I know the effects of drugs alone, mm. even just, like, um, just normal medication for, like, you're saying, like, for, like, headaches and everything. Mm. Like, when you take a drug, it gives you the effects that you want. And then it tells you the side effects. The side effects is still a part of the effects of the yeah, drug. Of course. They just market it that way, right? And so nobody really looks at it that way. And so it says, or oh, you could get a head transplant. You go somewhere and get it done. They'll take it off here. But you don't know for sure whether your skin or that part of your head is actually going to accept it as well. Mm. And um, he just checked, checked it as well. And like we talked about stress, everything. And like he's checked it, it was like, like I have, it's too oily there. There's a certain kind of um, 
thing that uh, your your heads, you know, your um your scalp secretes uh, secretes that mm. it's just never gonna come back. And he's looked at the follicles, and you're just like, they're, they're gone, mate. They're gone. <laughs> like you can't get that back. Do you think? Do you so think? Like, oh, huh? do, do you think you needed that? Like, it probably would have been hard to hear. I can imagine, but I guess that bro, it honesty was hard. Was... It was hard for me to say it to him the first like maybe a couple of times. But to be honest. He is like one of my best mates and like literally I could like he was the only like I don't complain a lot, you know that. Mm. But he was the only person I complained to. Mm. Like on a regular basis. Like you could <laughs> see him like once a week. Yeah. And this guy's like he's an amazing barber. Like I, I couldn't recommend him enough. But like he, he's very personable as well. He makes you feel comfortable. Um but he's like got so such good banter. If you ever come over here and get a haircut, like I'll introduce you to him. Yeah, sweet. Like you guys would be on like a house on fire. But um, he like literally made me feel like you know his one of his own. And um, like his job was to make my hair look like I got lots of hair. <laughs> so <laughs> he's a magician. Like people are like Van, wow, your hair growing back. It's like no, it's just further back, man. Like can you see like my my hairline used to be yeah. you know probably about. Four centimeters from my eyebrows, yeah. and then suddenly I had a five head. <laughs> and like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, nah, it's back. It starts, it starts at the top now. It's just what it gets further and further. And Leon, Leon was amazing. He like, he created this like amazing thing on my head. I, like, oh, wow. I look good. Literally everything, like the side had to be completely skinned mm. so that you know it looked like I had all this hair, but it. He helped me so much with my confidence, and he was—he was my guy. Mm. Um, what? Yeah, he was just like, "Why don't you just shave it all off?" Yeah, like I might not see you anymore, but you should just shave it all off, like something you don't have to worry about anymore. And I was like, mm. "Like literally, bro! Like probably, I would say he probably said that about like maybe eight months ago. Mm. If he was here, he'd probably say longer, but I'm not too sure. But I've been just trying to put it off for so long because. Like, you know, like we said, it's just like, it's a big part of um, the insecurity mm. and like, you know, I attached my identity to my hair, mm. but the moment I let it go, like doing it, you I mean, you saw the video, right? Mm. Yeah. The, the act of doing that, it took me a while and, you know, my girlfriend like was standing right there. Like she was like, you're shaking. <laughs> like my hand wow. was shaking with the razor. It's like, it's because it's on, it's not even on yet. But my hand was shaking. <laughs> Look, it's up. Just trying to get to it. <laughs> trying to get like that start. Okay, so here we go. Took it all off. That first one, it's like there's no going back. I like I cried inside, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's it." Yeah. It's like as soon as I shaved it all off and like let it go, I literally felt a weight off my shoulders. You know, yeah, well. like um, also my neck position. I was actually I look at the the mirror in front of me and just have a full flat face looking at the mirror instead of tilting back and having neck pain. Mm. And I mean, that's a whole podcast on itself. Yeah, <laughs> but right. like, um, but yeah, I changed the way I positioned my neck. My shoulders were always tense and suddenly I literally just relaxed and um, I didn't have to worry about this, this furby that was on my head. <laughs> you know, that, was just, that was well overdue to be chopped off. And um, I'm really grateful that I have a round head because yeah. I've seen some ridiculous Nah, dude, you got a you got a good but, you got a good looking head. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I mean, like, like I, I, I don't I don't say this to a lot of I don't say this to a lot of people, but I want to kiss your head. 
Oh, do you? Yeah, I want to kiss yeah. your head. <laughs> my girlfriend's the only one. My girlfriend's the only one who's, who's done it. So I'm gonna sneak kiss your head when I come visit you. When you're sleeping. <laughs> 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 no, looking forward to it. Well, on the on the kind of topic of insecurity, I mean, why do you think it took you so long to kind of just give it up? I know you mentioned that it was you did attached your value to it, but do you think? It was more what other people thought or was it what you were thinking of yourself like why do you think people hold on to things that are just causing them more trouble do you think it's an internal reason or is it more they're worried about how the external world might perceive them and see them yeah so like i you know i i thought i was a person that didn't really care about what people thought Mm. um but the fact that i um because there were, there were so many things in my life that I knew meant so much more. But, um, like, you know, of like me helping people all the time, like doing the personal training, even my, my music, um, the way I write my songs, like the songs that I write are, are never really about me, like, or usually if they are about me, I'll try and put a message in there so people can connect with it and try and put a spin of positivity into it. But, like, I cared so much. Like I never realized how much I cared about how people saw me mm. and how I saw myself as well. Like how I saw myself was based on how I thought people looked at me. Yeah, right. And um, and that was um, that was a huge realization for me. Um, that like I was so insecure about you know I didn't want to look unhealthy. Mm. I didn't want to look like I was aging or you mm. know all these different things. You know I'm I'm 34 and you know tell anybody else like that's around you know this is isn't it funny like every time you tell somebody how old you are it's usually somebody who's older oh you're still young yeah, yeah. i remember when, I, you know, when you're 19 oh you're so young still yeah, yeah. you've got years <laughs> like and they're absolutely right like mm. like do you remember when we were in our early 20s like mm. literally like yeah what kind of a mind did we have back then compared to now yeah um you wouldn't change it but like absolutely i was just like i cared so much about the way people thought about how i looked um but people were really you know like people messaged me and said you know oh like we never really cared about your hair like we yeah. literally we care about who you are and like we love who you are mm. um if anything it makes you look even more handsome and like i was like oh thanks <laughs> But the fact that they care about who I was and all of that, um, yeah, made me feel even better, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, think... if it, if it, like going back to those relations, like talking about relationships and how I value them, mm. um, the fact that people have pointed that out, that they care about who I am versus my hair was even more of a, like, I guess, a testament to what success is for me as well. But um, the fact that, you know how much I held on to my hair and the way, like how much, um, how much, uh, how much I thought it mattered mm. when it didn't. You know. Yeah. yeah I, I put I get... so much stock in it that it's like. Yeah. I feel um, yeah. Yeah, that was a little. But so it was. It was a beautiful realization. Mm. Um, and it was very like I was very vulnerable about it to even to video it because mm. I was yeah, it's freaking out, man. I was freaking out. How does it how does it feel actually talking about it now over a podcast? 
Um, pretty surreal. I mean, this is probably the first time I've really talked about it in depthly. So, um, every now and again, like even my girlfriend didn't know how much, um, how insecure I was about it. Like she plays with my hair all the time when I had it. Mm. And, um, but yeah. And she made a joke once and then actually it was probably a day before probably doesn't like me saying this, but, um, she made a joke and I was just like, and then that's when we actually made that conversation about it. It's like, I like actually have real insecurity about my hair. Yeah. Um, and I never really told anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, um, and then when I cut it off, it was just like, yeah, it's crazy. Every time she played with my hair, I'd be like, oh, careful. <laughs> my head, I'd be like, careful. Like those, 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 you know, those follicles are very, <laughs> it's like, do you get like, do you get that kind of like a ghost limb thing where sometimes you gotta like grab it and you're like, oh, it's nothing there. I was just saying this the other day. <laughs> feel like like we go like we go for a walk and it's windy and it's like i feel like i've still got like a ghost fringe like a phantom <laughs> phantom hair still there like literally you know do you remember john alomu's hairstyle yeah yeah, yeah. That's... i feel like i still got that one bit of hair right there yeah, yeah. by the way i had that hairstyle too when i was playing rugby when i was like 14 or something yeah i thought i was cool man. <laughs> and then um another funny hairstyle as well that i did because back then christian cullen was you know the biggest names mm. Like I did the widow's peak. What's the widow? Oh yeah. You know, like yep. the, so the you know the two cul-de-sacs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I got the barber to to like do that with me, and it's like, don't worry, mate, you'll get those one day. <laughs> and that was when I was like fourteen, maybe fourteen or yeah. fifteen. It's like oh, I just want to look like Christian Cullen, and it was a shaved head with that like line, and it looked ridiculous. Like mm. it, like my coaches gave me made fun of me. Oh, it's Christian Cullen. <laughs> But it was just like receding hairline. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then like I got what I wished for. Permanently <laughs> now. I think but, yeah, um, it was yeah. I think it's interesting what you said about um like your expectations of what people will think of you are never anywhere near what people will actually think of you. One, I find that people just don't actually give a shit. Like all the things mm-hmm. that you think people care about guess what they just they don't even give a shit because they're still they're all too worried about what other people think of their own shit to worry about your shit <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so like a lot Absolutely. of the, most of the time they don't even they don't even notice and secondly when you do you know kind of admit your insecurities and trust in the fact that if you're honest about who you are and the mistakes you've made the real friends kind of shine out like i remember when i started writing and talking about how I cheated on Jen and the things that I'd done when I was younger that I wasn't proud of that I was yeah. one of which was super fucked up like I had an addiction to pornography for example which destroyed my sex yeah. life when I started talking about that kind of stuff I was so terrified like so terrified yeah. and then as soon as it came out just like you I guess metaphorically for me it's like the my body changed and the weight came off my shoulders and I was just like, oh, well, actually, no one really cares and most people are actually telling me how proud of me they are or how inspiring it was that I said that because a lot of people are kind of sitting there going, worrying about their own shit that they don't want to talk about and when they see someone else, you know, remove that baggage, they go, oh, maybe I can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Liberating. Yeah, liberating. That's a good word. 
that's really cool. That's mm. so awesome. Yeah, I think that's yeah, why I wanted I, um, to talk to you about this because yeah. I think that was like I guess one of those moments for you, those liberating moments where you, you kind of had that realization like, oh okay, well, I just kind of made this a big deal in my head, but it's not a big deal at all. Yeah, and um, I don't know who said it, but um, it's the the quote is "life goes on." Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I was talking to um, Caitlin about it, my girlfriend Caitlin. Mm. Let's give her a name because she that is actually her name, not my name. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, so one of the things that I said to her, I was just like, there's already so much that has happened. People who have made a stamp on the world and before you know it, they're just a thought, you know, a memory. Mm. And everyone's so, I guess, um, caught up in, you know, being self-made and being like immortalized in the world. Mm. Like for instance, like Prince died, you know, a couple of years ago. Mm. He like made a huge impact on his generation and, his music and then also um Kobe Bryant died mm. this year that's very sad like throwing code you know throwing COVID-19 it's just like it's just a thought now like yeah almost I mean there are people that still think about it mm. but like they've just been going through so much with what's going on mm. that people get so caught up in how people think about them or whether they'll be remembered for this or that and that you know it's it's crazy like how much stock we put into um the things that we worry about when you know that people have their own things to worry about yeah dude i um, think you absolutely nailed it yeah and the only thing i'd add to that is and i think you're kind of saying it but just to make it more clear is having a macro mindset in terms of like i will often look at myself in the mirror and go you don't matter you don't mean shit you know why because the universe has been going on for 13 billion years and it's probably going to go on for another trillion years after you, and no one's going to yeah. remember you. You're you're a blip. But I, I try not to do it in a way where I just start crying. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, that was my next question. Yeah, yeah. But, like I'll st- I'll still tell myself like I'll be like I love you, dude, and like you're doing awesome shit. But like at the end of the day, like nothing you do is going to have any sort of lasting effect. So just get over it. And it has this like a lot of people when you you think when I tell them that they go, man, that must like destroy your self-confidence i'm like well no actually it it boosts it because i realize that all the dumb shit that i worry about people caring about guess what doesn't matter it doesn't eh? and and by kind of clarifying the fact that you know what like chances are no one's going to remember me in 100 years makes me want to live more now and makes me want to like be honest and just give me yeah dude i'm like i'm I'm, I'm just talking about it straight up (laughs) for real yeah that's part of the reason why i started this because i was like man i love fucking talking but i actually i remember there was a period of time when i was i would actively stop myself from talking and having conversations because i was like oh people must just think i'm trying to be the center of attention and i just care about myself but then i realized i was like no like who gives a shit you're gonna die and no one's gonna give a crap about it later anyway so just do the things yeah. you love. And the reason I talk isn't because I want to be center of attention. The reason I talk is to do this, have these conversations that are meaningful and give me joy. And in two hours time, I'll be thinking about it and going, fuck, I'm so glad I did that with my day. Like I learned so much from Van today, or I, I got so pumped listening to Jesse's story the other day, or man, I really yeah. didn't think about that. And I'm so glad I talked about it now. Yeah. You know, and I think I think you can use that with with anything you do in life. And for example, yourself shaving off your hair. Like, what was your reaction after that? Like, how do you feel now? Do you feel 
like wow I'm so glad I did that or yeah I like absolutely I think um, I think oh yeah I've been consuming some really good stuff today actually um, like just talking about uh, how like I, I used to think the saying fake it till you make it was a negative connotation but fake it till you make it is like I was listening to their podcast today and like the whole um, how they explained it was Sam Harris explained it is that um, having the courage to do it no matter like regardless of you know the things that go through your head mm. and like ultimately that's that's what we're talking about is actually having the courage to do those things because the things that you we worry about the most like I mean the top three for I mean especially for us in terms of this conversation is um like whether people are going to care about it or not mm. the know, what ifs is like this, one of the biggest fears about it and so having the courage to do it is like maybe the definition of life is having the courage to live it yeah you know and to, to do the things because it's not going to matter in 10 years or 100 years or even 10 months mm. or like a couple of months for Kobe Bryant you know like mm. it's you know I'm not a huge NBA fan but I know that there's already piles of stories that have just buried it now. Mm. And um, yeah, so having the courage to, to go and do the things that you want to do because you only get, you know, you only got, you only get this one. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, like you're going to die soon. So, or you don't know when you're going to die. I guess, I yeah. guess a way you could put that where like, cause I guess a lot of people do get a bad, a negative connotation from fake it till you make it. Maybe a way you could put it is take action till you make it. And not just take action, yeah. but take action on the things that scare but excite you. Because I, th- yeah. I think what you're kind of getting at there is it's it's the what-ifs a lot of the times that hold us back. You know, f- for you, for example, going bald, it's like, well, what if my girlfriend doesn't find me attractive anymore? Or what if people don't identify, identify me as, you know, a, a aesthetically pleasing personal trainer anymore? Or what if my friends think I look weird? You know, all those kind of things. But then when you actually did it, like you said, you were shaking. But when you actually shaved it off, it's like, oh. So a lot of the time, taking the actual action is a cure. Yeah. You know, even if it terrifies you. Like, for example, um, what's a good example? I guess J.K. Rowling. I don't know if it's the best example, though, but for her sitting in a cafe every day and just taking the action of writing the Harry Potter books, even though she was dead broke and she hardly had enough money to feed her kid, just doing that each day, like, I guarantee she was, when she wasn't taking action, she was shitting herself. Like, she'd probably be terrified. How am I going to, you know, get my next paycheck? How am I going to feed my kid? But all she did was she went to the cafe every day and she wrote yeah. And by taking that action over and over and over again and not worrying about the what ifs and what other people think, that's, I guess, kind of when people reach those successful levels in life. Yeah. And then when they get there and they're like, oh, well, I'm here. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Now what? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when you're talking about me just shaving that action of it, um, it was actually, I don't know how you would, how like what the, the word I'm looking for, but as soon as that first, you know, that first shave, like over the top, it was, 
like it's 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 not liberating but it was just like i guess i was released from it mm. released from the like i guess the anxiety or the judgment because i had no choice anymore like literally that like actually i had no choice anymore it was done it's gone now. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really done yeah like and i instantly just went how are you gonna how are you gonna change your thoughts about this now like because you can't have it back you know how long it takes like how fast it is to grow on your side that it is a bit <laughs> so like that's gonna be a couple of years man and that's i don't want to go through that again mm. so the pain of what's the saying the pain of when the pain of staying the same is more painful than the change yeah, yeah right right so as soon as I did that, I was just like, whoa, like, like, there's no turning back now. Mm. I'm going to accept this. But also the responsibility of not having to worry about that thing that was in my head. Mm. It was, I was free, mm. you know, for a long time. Um, but absolutely just like taking that action all the time is one of, um, one of the things that I love about my girlfriend, you know, like it's, she always wants to do stuff. Mm. And you, I can't complain about it. Like you can't because you're a pine trooper. <laughs> like, like everything she wants to do, you like because that's why you like her, man. Yeah, every suggestion that she has, you thought about wanting to do, and she's just now, like, giving birth to it or like going, "Hello, hi. Remember when you told me you wanted to do this?" <laughs> Should we go do that now? And in my head, I'm just like, oh, I just want to chill. No. The little boy inside of you wants to go and play. Like, yeah. And the playground is set. Yeah. <laughs> There's a player. Let's play, you know? <laughs> and it's just literally. And I think, like, she is she is a product of, of action. You know, she knows so much. And she has done... And the same, the same with me, like in terms of helping with all those people. But I would say, um, it was a, it was a time last year, sometime, um, where I started to become a little bit more cynical and I was like, I'm too young to be cynical. Mm. You know, I thought I had like everything figured out. And then this unicorn comes out of nowhere <laughs> and just remind, reminds me of the, the boy that was inside that just wants to go and explore and, you know, mm. and so like talking about action and yeah. And making things happen, she's just just rubbed off on me, you know. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think that kind of ties back to, I guess, where we started this podcast from in terms of collaborating and building each other up. I'm trying to think; it's, it was an hour ago now. <laughs> I'm trying, yeah, it flies by. But um, yeah, that idea of collaborating and building each other up and building a family, and no matter how successful you are or how much people perceive you as successful you still need to surround yourself with people who are going to get you up and going. Like, yeah. like myself included, yourself included, the Jessies of the world, the Tony Robbins of the world, they surround themselves with people who they know when their egos are saying, nah, just, just be comfortable, just don't do it, just don't do it. They know that those people around them are going to be like, snap out of it. Come on, like, yeah. you're going to be happier for taking this action. And I think that's that's yeah. kind of the cure really for insecurity is... You know, have those people around you who are going to encourage you to take the action that scares you, but in the long run, is going to make you a happier person. Yeah, 
it's um it's that whole thing as well right you are the four people that you surround yourself with yeah as well like constantly um i was listening to Carl, one of carl kingsbury um podcast with alan stein and um man we listen to a lot of the same podcasts so. yeah we do yeah. really cool <laughs> yeah and um he he talks about how um you know when you give people permission to make you accountable for things mm. as well like you give them permission it's like because you care mm. and he talks about like what you just said about you know the tribe and stuff and like talks about um how on it has the culture Mm. And every single person that's in there is switched on because they know that they're there for a reason with the same purpose and they hold each other accountable. Like mm. they like literally not because it's um because that's part of like, you know, the um part of the rules to be, but because you decided that you wanted to give those people permission for you to be better. Mm. And this is where it's at. Mm. And um yeah, and I think, especially like with with what's been happening at the moment with COVID nineteen, like it's given me so much more um, purpose in bringing the people that I know together mm. and creating. Like you know this for a fact as well, Aaron. So guys are really shit at putting things together for just guys, like where they have a powwow. You don't have to get pissed. Like there's that's the problem with it, right? Like. Like especially um, the binge binge drinking culture. Mm. It's just like there isn't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know what your circles are like now. Mm. But I think it's more. It's even more important now to bring people together and create um, create a culture within your own friends because you've got them. Like we all have them, mm. um, especially now because people need to talk about those things and to develop um a community that um that's willing to help even just an ear to mm. listen to you know without the um without the um i guess expectation of drinking without the expectation of having to be somebody all you have to do is just turn up and just chat mm. because because doing it on your own isn't exactly the greatest thing or the most um, healthiest thing if so you don't have anybody to um to bounce off then you, know, you don't really grow you know so so you're um, saying are you are you kind of saying like uh like a lot of and i agree with you especially male groups these days are yeah. kind of they kind of have this culture of like you know dominance and um yeah kind of hiding your insecurities and hiding who you really are under this kind of cloud of like perceived coolness you know like drinking or like just being an asshole or like you know being derogatory towards women or you know yeah. i don't think it's so it's prevalent in, yeah, yeah it's it's a bad culture and you're kind of saying yeah. i agree with you on this like right now is a really good time to do this and i i remember reading yeah. something the other day about you know now is a great time and i think i wrote about this actually but i read it first but now is a great time to one build the relationships that matter and two end the relationships that don't matter the relationships that are holding you back and i think that's that's a big one where a lot of people are are afraid to end those relationships that are you know like you say like in relationships with people who don't want to push you to your your best you know there's kind of that fear that you got to hold on to those people but 
man, I think a lot of the time, one of the best thing to do is be honest. Like if someone is holding you back and someone is bringing you down, tell them. Yeah. Because yeah. one, you're going to make yourself happier. And why the hell would you just want to make yourself sad because you want to keep someone around who doesn't really want the best for you? And two, yeah. you're probably going to help that person realize that the way they're choosing to live their life is not making them any happier or not making anyone else around them happier. So by keeping someone on and pretending like what they're doing is okay is like, man, who, who are you doing a favor here? Like, no one's winning in that situation. And I think the, the same with romantic relationships. Like, you know, Jen and I were together for like way too long, like way, way, way too long. And I've done this in relationships before in the past, and I'm just like, oh, but, but it's better I don't say anything because people are going to be hurt. It's like, man, yeah. why? <laughs> like, why did I not just say, why did we not just be like, you know what, this, this isn't working right now. Like, let's just be mates, you know? Yeah. It's funny how hindsight yeah. is so good like that. And now, now it's like, I will like, like with, in my current relationship with Thais, like, it's amazing. I'm incredibly grateful. Um, and it sounds like you have your, an amazing relationship as well. But we are like, so honest like unbelievably honest like if i'm feeling not good about something i'm gonna say it and i know for a fact that she's gonna say it because she's brazilian and yeah. brazilians yeah. are feisty <laughs> yeah but it's it's so good because we don't really have any arguments anymore and it's just simply discussions about how we're feeling and that means the bond is so much better and carrying that over into friendships as well as something yeah. i'm seeing now too Anyway, I'm blabbing yeah, on. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um, it's one of the one of the things that you were saying before about um, you know how like we were talking about guys are really horrible, like really bad at you know bringing things together. Um, you think about girls, dude, like they have powwows all the time. Like they literally say what's on their mind. Whereas boys curate everything or create this persona or put on a mask mm. just because they have to be somebody within the group. Mm. But girls, like. Like, I live with girls. I've lived with girls for so many years. Mm. Like, they look after each other, literally. Mm. And, like, so much that, like, like I can't handle it because, like, they, yeah, like, the act of actually saying it out loud actually is quite freeing. There's so know. much empathy! <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, honestly, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's so healthy for them. It really yeah. is. Like, and, like, guys don't have that. Yeah. Like there's so much, you know, there's so much uh, like depression, so much suicide, but it's only because like there isn't anybody, we're not, I guess, um, we don't have the tools or the culture, like even above above all things is the culture to mm. allow those things to happen, you know, a space for those things to happen. Mm. And um, Do you think it's starting to happen yeah, though? Yeah. Like do you, think it's, do you think it's starting to change? Like especially in the past 10 to 20 years, like the way in which men communicate with each other. Do you see that changing? I don't know. Like, I guess, um, like I, I can see it because of the people that I've exposed myself to, like people who have done deep work, who have done, um, who have exposed themselves to each other or have gone into men's groups. Like these, these, like some of my most amazing people that like I know now, like, when you come back, I can't wait for you. I can't wait to introduce you to them yeah, and cool. just sit down and have I'm a beer and like, 
because these these men are just so like one in particular is uh is my friend Travis mm. and he owns he owns one of the bars here and his bar like the whole reason why he has a bar is to try and create good culture a mm. place where people can actually be a part of whereas like you know when you, you see some of the old you know like you remember the GT yeah like that was man that was a dark place <laughs> like like literally you go in there and that wasn't a good culture that was where people go to drink their sorrows you know <laughs> like like it's it was so like it was really sad like i can say that now because it doesn't exist and no one's gonna come after me but um, <laughs> but like my friend travis like has always wanted to create a place where people are going to go to but also um have a good culture about it where you are free like no one's actually there to get completely like wasted and everything's controlled and they know what the vibe needs to be like because we don't want they don't want it to be a place to be like that um and so like i like i want to create those those things for my friends as well yeah. like i have some amazing friends and like you know i was telling you about you know putting people in a room and seeing how they react yeah, there's going to be some of my coolest experiments in the, in the coming weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, yeah, it's just, yeah, girls are so good at it. Like, mm. literally, whereas guys don't have that. And um, yeah, and it's, uh, I think it's something that is really important during this time. Mm. You know, like, you don't have to have all the things figured out, but to have somebody listen to you complain about something that, really matters to you is really important mm. um, because eventually um, somebody within the group will have an answer you know or like the act of doing that gives them the tools or exercise or understand that there are people out there waiting to listen and they don't have to worry about their own insecurities about mm. themselves um, their insecurities about the world um, mm. because you and also understanding that you're not alone on it you know like everybody's feeling that it's like wow like when you isolate you think your problem's the biggest thing mm. or like your ear is the biggest thing you know <laughs> but yeah it's, nobody gives a shit yeah nobody gives a shit about your hair no. yeah yeah um, i guess i guess the message there is you know surround yourself with good people positive people people who will hold you accountable and you know, people who will hear you out and listen to you and not judge you for, you know, external things. They'll judge you for who you are at the core. And I guess those having those kind of people in your life will mean you don't struggle as much with hiding away behind insecurity, that you're more able to be open and honest about, you know, I'm weak in this area and I want to get better at it. Cool. Good friends will be like, sweet, let's do something about it. Let's take action. Whereas the bad friends will just laugh at you and make you feel like shit. And those aren't the kind of people you want in your life. You can kick no. those people out the door right now. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Man, we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes, so I guess maybe we'll try and slowly ease to the, yeah. towards the finish line or the next okay. start line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. I, I guess, like, from this whole experience, like, uh, what, what will you... you you take with you into the future like what are the kind of biggest lessons you learned out of i guess shaving your head being the metaphor for removing some of those insecurities yeah i guess um even just talking about it with you today is just actually having the courage to do those things and 
also um, understanding that, uh, like for me to, to analyze what kind of habits that I've got and how to make those changes for it. And like even the habit of trying to curate something that wasn't really important for me, you know, mm. um, and trying to take, like almost minimize all the things that are in my way mm. in terms of habits, but also those insecurities and being brave to make those changes because, um, this action, like, I guess this event or with shaving my head has just given me a new outlook on trying to make those changes as mm. soon as possible instead of waiting around for uh, some kind of miracle. Um, do you think yeah. a big, do you think a big part of being brave you mentioned before is being really vulnerable? So like telling people that you're not feeling good or like telling people that, um, you're insecure about something. Cause I think there's this misconception, especially among men. And I guess this is why from yours and my experience, women tend to be better at this thing, guys, because they are okay with being more vulnerable. Um, yeah. I think a lot of guys, well, sorry, man. I think a lot of guys see bravery as invulnerability instead of the fact that bravery is being totally vulnerable. You think of someone who wins a medal of honor, for example, in war, do you think they were vulnerable when they ran out in front of a bunch of machine guns to go behind enemy lines? Or do you think they were invulnerable? They were fucking vulnerable, man. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. that's a misconception guys have. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I guess it got, comes with the, with the whole um, expectation of what, what um, I guess it's all about definition, right? So I don't know if you listen to Brene Brown as well. Yes, she's amazing. Yeah, that's like, kind of where uh, I got all that from, actually. Like none of that's mine, that's hers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. And that's that's like, and that's the thing about it is that um, it's like everything on the other side of that is is what you know is what life is going to be like. Like mm. being vulnerable is awkward and like scary, mm. but um, if you don't feel those things, it's it's really hard. And I guess guys have always been told to be tough. Um, you know, and be completely stoic. And like, even the word stoic is like, is a bad misconception as well, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we can keep going on for another hour, <laughs> but we won't. But like, yeah, man, it's um, it's understanding that like being vulnerable is is so scary. But at the same time, I think it's understanding how to um to find the people like to also to be vulnerable with mm. and like understanding that like you can't be vulnerable with the people that you joke around with when you're having a drink and stuff because mm. like a lot of the culture like you have to understand the kind of people that you surround yourself with and the kind of relationships you have you mm. need to be honest about that it's just like if you become vulnerable with those people they just make a joke about it and it just ruins your confidence on being vulnerable mm. right mm. so like it's, it's almost important to identify um, the type of people you surround yourself with. You were talking about it before, right? It's like now's the time to cut those ties with the people that don't have that. Mm. Um, you don't have to completely destroy them, mm. but you need to move on and find the people that's going to help you be okay with vulnerability, so that you can do the do the deep work and and you know really become you know the person that you should be. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Yeah, nice. I guess for anyone for anyone listening to it now, 
I think I've got like a few ideas on what the big takeaways are in terms of you know conquering your insecurities. I think we've talked about a lot of it already. One of which is finding groups, like you just said, of people that you can be vulnerable with. And the more you're vulnerable, it's like anything. The more you practice vulnerability, the more confident you get with it, and the more you, I don't know, you master it, right? And then you master all other areas of your life, including insecurity. But for you, to someone else out there who's, you know, that little, you know, they might be an adult, but they're kind of that little scared boy or that little scared girl inside, worried about what everyone else thinks and worried about taking action because they're too scared about the what ifs and the failure and the fear. What would you say to that person? Like, how would you, what would be your, I guess, three tips for them to get started? Um, so I guess it's like, like it would be the same things, right? So um, I would say understand the, the four people around you. The first thing would be understand the four people around you that you want to um, want to expose yourself to, like in terms of vulnerability, um, just because it creates a space for you to, to be brave. And you're not going to be judged and they're going to care for you. Mm. Um, and then the second is actually... Um, letting them know what you want as well, what you want to become. Mm. Like giving people permission to do that is so powerful. Mm. Like that's where the accountability comes in. Mm. And like, I know all about accountability being a personal trainer mm. as well. And um, and like, it's just once you give people that power, um, it's, it's also a great way to build relationships with other people. Mm. And then the last one is like be gentle, I guess. Yeah, it would be to be gentle with it. What do you mean by be and, gentle? Um, you mean like be gentle with yourself or? So like be gentle with, with the process. Mm. Like it's so like above it, above anybody else, like no matter how bad your enemies are, there's no worse enemy than yourself in terms of like doing something that's scary mm. because you're going to judge yourself harder than anybody else you know. Mm. You know, um, and people are like we're, we're so hard on ourselves and so being gentle with that means like taking your time and understanding that it is going to take a little bit of time but also with the people that you are vulnerable with you have to be um really gentle with how you share those things and be honest about it mm. because um yeah it, it takes time mm. but with the right people it can be done you know <laughs>